welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Resurrected life. Chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, where he said, uh, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, being buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Wow. The resurrected king. Is resurrecting me. From the ashes I will rise. Right? No longer defeated. Victorious in Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, Lord, speak to us today. Teach us from your word. May your word be spirit and may it be life. And Father, I'm asking that you will open the eyes of our understanding to see and behold things that we have not seen before. Father, I pray that there will be in reality to us those things that have only been shadows before. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen. In the ninth century B.C., so... Uh, if that's a little confusing to you, that would be like uh, the late uh, uh, 700 BC to into the 800 BC time frame. Okay, eighth century BC. During during those years, there was a kingdom called Aram, and you'll read about the kingdom of Aram and the king of Aram in the Old Testament. And uh, just so that you kind of have a little better understanding, the kingdom of Aram went from modern day eastern Lebanon throughout all of what we know today is Syria and the northern part of Jordan today through the entire nation of Iraq. That was the nation of Aram. And it says... In 2 Kings chapter 6, that the king of Aram wanted the northern kingdom of Israel also. So he would send raiding parties into Israel to try and capture portions of that nation. And he would have these secret plans that he would make and they would send in a military force. And somehow the king of Israel would know what was going on. And each of these raids were defeated. And the king of Aram was furious that somehow the king of Israel was finding out about his secret military plans. And so he called in all of his generals and his military advisors. And the scripture says he called them into his bedroom. Okay, now that's how it is in most translations. Into his bedroom. It doesn't mean like a bedroom when we think of a bedroom today. Okay? Uh, it, it's like what you're seeing here in the picture. The bedroom or private chamber. The Hebrew word means more 
correctly a private chamber. And it was a room that would be added on to the palace or to a person's house. And it would be their private chamber. Now, to be sure, there were times that they would put a bed area in there and they would have a bed but it was more like their private chamber and they would maybe have a a, a writing desk in there um a, a favorite chair in there and it was it was their private area and if they wanted to have a really private meeting that's where they would take their friends it it reminds me of winston churchill and how that Winston Churchill would often have his advisors come meet him in his, in his bedroom. And that's where he would have his meetings, his private meetings with his advisors. That's what this king was doing. And he called in all of his generals, all of his military advisors. And he says, I want to know right now, who is the double agent among us? And as you can imagine, they were all in fear. And one of them spoke up and said, uh, King, the problem is not that you have a double agent among us. The problem is the prophet Elisha in Israel. Everything you're planning here, God's telling that prophet Elisha. And he goes and tells the king of Israel... And that's how come all of your military maneuvers are being foiled. Is because... Yeah, now, this, this prophet is getting the plans and he's telling the king. Boy, the king was absolutely furious about it. He says, all right, here's what I want. We are going to capture that prophet and you're going to bring him to me. And so he sent a really strong military force to Dothan where... Elijah was living and he surrounded the community of Dothan with this military force and and they they made a night invasion of this of northern Israel into Dothan and the next morning when Elisha's uh, uh, assistant went out he saw this military force from Aram and he was filled with terror, went running back into the house to Elisha and said, the whole city is surrounded by the, by the military force from Aram. What are we going to do? And Elisha says, don't fear. Those who are with us are more than the army from Aram. And so then he prayed that his assistant's eyes would be open. He said, now go out and look. And when he went back out and looked... Around all of the army of Aram were angels. And there were more angels surrounding the army of Aram than there were military forces. And he came back in and he told Elisha. And Elisha prayed and uh, said, God, blind them. And he went out to the commander of the forces from Aram. And he says, you're in the wrong place. Come with me. I'll show you where you're supposed to be. And he led them to Samaria. You can see on the map just a way south. And he led them right to the palace of the king of Israel. 
And then he prayed and their eyes are open and they realized, oh no, we're right in the palace of Israel. And, and they surrendered to the king. And the king goes, all right, hey, Elisha, shall I kill them all? I mean, we got him here. And Elisha goes, no, 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 what are you doing? You didn't, you didn't defeat these in a military action. That's not why they're here. They're here because God gave them to you. No, no, no. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to feed all of them a really good meal. And then we're going to send them back. And so they prepared this great dinner meal for them, fed them all, and sent them back. They got back to the king of Aram and told them what happened. The king of Aram went, how do you defeat God? You know? And so he made, he made no more military actions. Now, his son later made military actions into Israel. But that king did not. Now, imagine. Now, think about this. Imagine this. So... You've got the king of Iran meeting with all of his secret forces, his, or all of his military commanders and advisors in this secret private chamber, and they're planning this military action. And while they're planning this, God is saying to his prophet, in a private meeting. Now I want you to know. This is what the king of Aram is planning. He's going he's to bring X number of military force. They're going to have this many chariots. They're going to have this many foot soldiers. They're going to be going into this valley area. Waiting for Israel to come. Because that's usually how the king of Israel travels. So I want you to go and let the king of Israel know. Don't, don't use that valley passage Use this area. Go, go, go this way. Time and again. Now, I mean, is, is that amazing? And you go, okay, so yeah, that happened in the Old Testament with the prophet of Elisha. What's that got to do with us today? Listen to these words from Jesus. Jesus said these words. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I give to you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I mean, how frustrating is it if you you build yourself a beautiful new house and you put all this wonderful new furniture in there and, and, and your wife's jewelry is in there and you've got, you've got the latest bells and whistles of a, uh, of a complete entertainment unit in there and you just, all this beautiful, you've got this brand new uh, $10,000 uh, living room furniture in there and you just got all this gorgeous stuff in there. And you go away on a vacation and you come back and your house is completely emptied because an enemy force had the key to your house. And he came and emptied your house. I mean, how frustrating is that, right? And, and, and you call the police and you go, my house is completely emptied. They come and look and go, your house wasn't burglarized. No, no windows were burglarized. The door wasn't burglarized. In fact, whoever got in here, they had to have a key. And you're going, what do you mean they had to have a key? They had to have a key. 
Do you hide a key somewhere outside here? Well, yeah, we have this key hidden in such and such a place so when the kids come home from school, they can get in and they go, who knew about the key? Jesus said, I want you to understand the enemy cannot build any kind of a stronghold in your life that you cannot conquer because I'm giving you the key. And so everything the enemy builds in your life, you've got the key to get free. You've got the key. Now, I want to show you something. God, but it goes, it goes even greater than that. Just as God was revealing to Elisha all the secret plans of the enemy of Israel, Almighty God wants to reveal to you all of the secret plans that the enemy has to steal and to kill and to destroy your life. When Jesus said the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. A part of that is almighty God wants to reveal to you the secret plans of the enemy before he ever carries them out. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. See, every day you live, you can actually have pre-knowledge of the temptations the enemy's going to try to bring into your life that day. He'll pre-warn you. He wants you to have that. But not only does he want you to know the secret plans of your enemy, God wants you to know his secret plans to bless your life and to prosper you. I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To what? What's he want to do? To prosper you and to give you success. Amen? See, and he wants you to know those, he wants you to know those plans. I want to give those to you. God never meant for his sons and daughters to walk in a fog and and to live confused and and to live restrained. God wants to bless you. Let me me share with you some of the promises that God has given. I forgot to bring my pointer with me today. Can you read without the little bouncing ball? Okay, let's go. Here we go. Everyone out loud with me together, would you please? Psalm 1. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. 
Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. He shall give you his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Hallelujah. Look at the next one, Psalm 31. Everyone out loud, would you please? Oh, how great is your goodness which you laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. Are these really in the Bible? Yes. Want another one? How about this one? Matthew chapter 6. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, I could keep going. Actually, I had a whole lot more. And I thought, we'll be there forever if I do all these. God has promised you. So where is that secret place? Well, God originally designed that secret place to be the hearts of men. In the garden... Adam and Eve, their body was the dwelling place of God's glory and God's presence. The scripture said God would come to them and speak with them in the cool of the day. And they'd fellowship with God face to face. That was God's original design. But sin messed all of that up. And you know the story. How many are still mad at Adam over that whole thing? I am. And, and they, they were thrown out of the garden and, and they lost that whole thing. And then there was the story of how wicked man became. Every thought of their imagination was only evil continually. They were con- corrupting the, the chromosomes and the gene pattern of man. And God destroyed everyone except Noah who had kept himself righteous. And, and had not corrupted his gene pool, but kept himself righteous and holy. So Noah and his sons and their wives were spared, and God started over again. And all of that leading up to this one thing. God was going to restore the whole idea of fellowshipping with God face to face, and mankind being the dwelling place of God's glory. And where we see this this major encounter is in Mount Sinai when he delivered the children of Israel from slavery. And and God said, get them ready in three days. I'm going to come down on the mountain. I'm going to to speak with them. And in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5 and chapter 6, it's very, very clear. When God came down on that mountain, God spoke to them. In the Hebrew it says, panim al panim. That literally means face to face. But the people of Israel 
didn't want it. It was too frightening for them. It was too scary. They backed away. And the only one that stayed in that face-to-face relationship with Almighty God was Moses and Joshua. And they stayed in that face-to-face relationship. They would talk with God face-to-face. Everyone else had to go through this very special system. And what God did was God had them build, and there's a picture of this on the screen. God had them build what was called the tabernacle. And the general populace had to, please go back for me one slide. I'm sorry, I got a little little ahead of myself here. Thank you. All the general populace had to stay outside that fenced area. Only ones that could be inside that fenced area were the priests. Now go to the next slide for me. But inside that fenced area was a special tent that was divided into two compartments. The holy place and the holiest of all. Or the most holy place it's also called. It's also called the holy of holies. Three terms. Holy of holies, most holy place, the holiest of all. All referring to this little room that was 15 feet cubed. It was 15 feet long, 15 feet wide, 15 feet high. And in that small room, there was the golden Ark of the Covenant that you see there. And in that small room, the Holy of Holies, God's glory dwelt there. And you can see it was a pillar of fire by night and it was a cloud by day above that holy place. It was divided from the rest of, the, of that tent by a curtain that was 15 feet long, 15 feet wide. And in the Mishnah, the Jewish writings, the Mishnah, it says it was the width of a man's hand wide. So depending on the size of a man's hand, mine's kind of a small hand. It was either four to six inches thick. Can you imagine this curtain 15 feet tall, 15 feet wide, and that thick? That's amazing. And that divided the holiest of all from the part of the holy place. The priests came and and ministered in the holy place, but in that secret compartment, only the high priest, only one time a year, could he come in there to the very presence of Almighty God. The secret place. That was the secret place. That compartment that no one could see No one could look into. The only time anybody got to see in there was the high priest one time a year. And there was all all sorts. I was going to tell you about all the regulations, but it would take too long. One time a year. But what Pastor read to you this morning. That curtain called a veil. That curtain that was 15 feet tall, 15 feet wide, four to six inches thick. That curtain, that veil, we now know was the representation of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, that curtain tore in two and it opened. Because God had a plan. 
Now, here's the curious thing. Before 900 years before Jesus Christ was born, 970 to be exact, there was a king called David. And David restored the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant had been captured by the enemy. And when he recovered the Ark of the Covenant, he brought it back to the city of David, made a special tent for it, and he worshipped right before the Ark of the Covenant. He didn't have that curtain. He didn't have that holy place. He didn't have the, the fence all the way around. He just had the Ark of the Covenant in this special tent. And he worshipped right at the Ark of the Covenant. Scripture calls that the Tabernacle of David. And in the book of Amos, it says, I will restore the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. Now watch this. In Acts chapter 15, it says, James is prophesying and he says, the church is the fulfillment of what the prophet Amos said. The church is the restoration of the tabernacle of David. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, let us draw near into that secret place. See, your heart now is the secret place. First Corinthians chapter three. But know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, that passage of scripture is talking about the church itself. This body right here, we're the tabernacle. We're the secret place. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he brings it down even closer. He says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, therefore glorify God in your bodies. Wow. The secret place is right here. But can I tell you? You don't get to that secret place just because you're born again. The potential of going to that secret place is there because you've been born again. Do you hear what I just said? When you're born again, the potential for going to that secret place is now open to you. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you repent of your sin and you ask him to forgive you, immediately the way is open to that secret place of the most high to you. Whether you go there or not is regarding the choices that you make. What, 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 do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean, Pastor Dean? Well, let's go back to Psalm 90. Uh, Psalm 91, where, um, where it was talking about that wonderful promise that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Listen to what it says a little further down because this is really, really important to you. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me, if you would, dear. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're not either. You got to go back. You don't reveal that to them yet. That's a secret. I thought I thought I had these passages of scripture on the slide. I don't have. Thank you. My 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 misremembering. Okay, and I'm trying to get there, guys. I'm trying to get there in mine. Okay. Um, If you go down from from those verses that I read to you, and then it says this. um, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. If you're going to get to the secret place of the Most High, where you are hearing the secrets of God in your own heart, where God's talking to you face to face, you must love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we do funny things with that. We say, well, I I love God. And yet, we come and worship and we meet when it's convenient. We don't make him a priority in our schedule. It's when it's it's convenient. I, I, you know, I, I often wonder if Wanda would have loved me and married me if I dated her the way most of us love and date God. When it's convenient. How how often do we read his word? I mean the scripture. The holy bible is called the word of God. Do you know it's called the word of God. Because God is speaking. In fact it's interesting. It says in Romans chapter 10. Faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God. But there are two Greek words for word of God. One is logos. That which God has spoken. The Holy Bible. And there's rhema. God currently speaking to you. And what God wants to do is take the logos. The Holy Bible. And by his Holy Spirit, make it speak to you currently, that day, that moment. Make it speak to you. Amen? Amen. If you say you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, how come you let him speak to you so little? You get in the Bible one time. Do you know that it's actual survey. 75% of those in America who say they are Christians and they go to church at least two to three times a month. 75% of them never open the Bible Sunday to Sunday. How can you say you love God and you never let him talk to you? Now, well, although I got to say, there are a whole lot of married couples that never talk either, you know, Maybe that's the new way of of doing love. Please don't talk to me by text. Call me. 
I want to hear your voice. You know what I'm saying? Or better yet, let's go to coffee so I can see you face to face. You know, I, I've, I've often asked millennials and younger, explain to me how come you went backwards 150 years. And they look at me like, what are you talking about? I said, well, there's a reason Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. <laughs> the reason is because the telephone was better than the telegraph. But now the millennials and younger, they no longer use the telephone. They use the telegraph and they call it texting. (laughs) And it's amazing. You'll see them sitting around the table in the restaurant and they're all doing this. No mouths are moving. They'll be smiling and they'll be doing this. And their thumbs are just going like crazy. And they're texting. You know, and, and, I, and I get it, that's, that's the new way. And one day they'll figure it out too that telephone is better than telegraph. They'll get it. But in the meantime, this old codger, I want to be face to face. You really want to talk to me? Take me to Starbucks. <laughs> or bring me a Starbucks and we can talk in my office, you know. Or in, our, in my living room. Or at your living room. It's just amazing. We've, 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 the more social we have gotten, the less social we have become. The more social media we have, the less social we become. And we do that same thing with Almighty God. And God says, you want my secret place? You want me to tell you the secrets the enemy is, is, is going to try and steal, kill, and destroy you? I want you to know them. I want to reveal them to you. In fact, I want to reveal to you the secret blessings I have laid up for you in heaven. That I want to bless you and prosper you. But the way you get there is you've got to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Listen. And you've got to know my name. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? The secret place. The secret place of the Most High. I'm going to pause there. I, I, I have more, but I'm going to pause there. I, now, listen, now you can go to that next slide. We're going to show them some secrets. Okay. God wants to give you the secrets that will defeat your enemy every time. Attack. Trials, testings, persecution, hardships, suffering. That's normal Christian stuff. Defeat is abnormal. You want to hear it again? Trials, testings, persecution, hardships, suffering. That's normal stuff for the child of God. Defeat is abnormal. That's abnormal. Because we're supposed to conquer the enemy every time. You're to be above only and not beneath. You're to be the head and not the tail. Nothing can separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Not principalities, not powers, not things present, not things to come, not things in heaven, not things in the earth, not things under the earth. Nor any other thing can separate you or defeat you. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on. And that's what he wants. So if if you're walking in defeat, 
You are obviously not in the secret place of the Most High. And, and that's not where God wants you. That's not God's will for you. Come on, child of God. Get up and get to the secret place of the Most High. Where Father can reveal to you the secret plans of the enemy to destroy you. And God will show you how to conquer him every time. And not only that, he wants to show you how to walk in blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. All those. And where are they? They're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How do I get there? Scripture says that he has raised us up and made us sit together with Christ in heavenly places. But again, when you're born again, the potential's there. But do you make the choice to go there? Do you make the choice to sit with Christ in that secret place? Under the shadow of the Almighty. Under his wing. Protected. Victorious. Blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now... Would you say it with me? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us. Yes. Yes. You want to be there? Can I share some things with you? Go ahead and go to the next slide. I want to share some things with you. This, this, is, this, is, this is the prayer sheet from last Sunday. That the staff prayed over Tuesday and in our staff meeting. We, 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 take, we take the clipboards from each Sunday and we put all the prayer requests on a sheet and we pray for them by name, one by one. But I, I've got some circled here because, and I want to read them to you. I'm not going to read to you who gave them. I'm just going to read to you. The, I give God all praise, honor, and glory for answered prayer. And then they go on and they, and they give some personal stuff I'm not going to share publicly. This one, thanks for keeping up the prayers. I'm doing much better. I'm expecting a total healing. God is so good. Yes, yes, yes. Our daughter's health and they get plugged in to a new church. God is answering prayer. This, this prayer request right here. I spoke with this dad. And he said, God's already answered that prayer and given her a new job that's going to be better for her and her health. Isn't that wonderful? God's so good. How about this one? Thanks so much for praying for me. Something quite miraculous is happening in me. How about this one? Praise God for his healing power over all our illness. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Don't you love this? I read these too. You're going to want to be here on Tuesdays and join us. Praise God for the miracles he's begun to bring to our family. And then they go on and, and share a bunch more personal stuff. And then this morning during the greeting time, one of the brothers grabbed me and said, I got to tell you about this. He's a very close friend of mine. Um, 
was, was taken to Good Shepherd with heart. And they sent him to Cadillac. But they gathered a prayer group and they began praying immediately. And the doctors actually recognized from the time they began praying, his heart began healing. And the doctor sent him home. Come on. Guys, listen. This is real stuff. This is real stuff. This is real stuff. This is how God wants to work in your life. So men, I'm calling you to prayer. Now I know men don't pray the way gals pray. And, it's, and I don't know what it's like for you. It's always been intimidating for me to pray with my wife. She's so holy and so righteous. I'm telling you the truth. And, and, and women have this super sensitivity that, because they're the only ones in their right mind, you know. All us guys, we just hang out in our left brain and just we're, we're happy over there. And so we pray different. But can I tell you something? Guys may pray different, but they are warriors. They're warriors. And I'm calling for our men. We have got to go to war. Since January 1, we have had two students at Hermiston High School commit suicide. And boy, when I heard about the second one, I said, not on our watch. No, we're not. We're not going to let this happen. Come on. Amen. Amen. Brothers, amen. amen. So here's what we've got to do. We've got to go to war. And we have got to cut off that spirit of suicide and drive it out of our community. We will not cohabitate with it one more day. You gotta drive it out in the name of Jesus. And we can say Jesus at that spirit and he has to leave. Come on, amen. amen. Love me and know my name. If you ask anything in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In my name you shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, amen. Amen. Love me and know my name. Mm. Come on. Men go to war. The spirit of Mormonism is trying to conquer this whole region. And not on my watch. Not on my watch. They're not going to get control of one more of our community committees. They're not going to get control of one more of our community boards. We are not going to let Mormonism take over this community. Not in the authority of Jesus' name. Guys, I want to tell you, you go back five years ago and it was the evangelical community that was filling the boards and filling the committees of this community. And there has been a major turn in that in the last three to five years. And we've, we've got to get back on top of this. We cannot let this happen in our community. In the name of Jesus, no. Do we love them? Yes. We want to see them get saved. But we're not going to let that spirit take over. Because that spirit will drive out the true spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And if that's offensive to you, say, well, that's not being very tolerant. You're exactly right. I'm not going to tolerate the spirit of Mormonism one more day. It's got to go. And then we've got to pray for a harvest of souls. We have got to see a supernatural harvest of souls coming to salvation. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.